So the world is here to show you what you don't want. It's your job to figure out what you do want. Amen. So once you figure out what you do want, you just focus on that. So forget focusing on this problem that is bugging you here. Forget the problem. You find your focus, and then you watch that everything else will start going towards that. I work about an hour a day, and I think the stability comes from the team. I can't really take credit for what people do for me because I have an awesome team. I spend my summers in France. We own a house there. Uh, that was how the business started, in fact, is we wanted to return to France after a year's sabbatical that we spent there. And that's how Service Star started. Welcome to another episode of the Profitable Property Management Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Muela, and today I'm talking to Dora Pinter from Service Star Realty. Dora, thanks for coming on. Of course, my pleasure. I'm excited to chat with you today. I want to hear a little bit about your background, but why don't we fast forward to the business today? Tell us a little bit about what the business is like and where it's at today. Uh, today, we're at 1,100 doors and growing regularly, steadily, 20 a month, losing about 10. So we're pretty much on a a set pace and um, easy to plan and scale and hire. Uh, we're in a very comfortable position. We have um, half of our team members are remote, half of them are local. We're in a good spot. One of the reasons that I want to have you on is because I perceive the business as being very stable. There's typically a tension between growth at all costs, which is exciting, also stressful, right? When you're really just trying to grow as fast as possible. I'm seeing that you're still growing, but the business is stable and you're not working 60, 80 hours a week. Tell me about what the amount of effort and exertion that is required for you right now in order to keep this business humming. I work about an hour a day. Beautiful. Um, and I think the stability comes from the team. I, mean, I, I can't really take credit for what people do for me because I have an awesome team. And um, I think you were saying about a balance between growth and and scaling up and attention and all those words that you mentioned. And uh, the first thing that popped into my mind is like, that doesn't apply to me because I don't need to grow. David and I, uh, my partner, we've been uh, just saying for the last 600 doors that we don't need to get any bigger. And the reason why it's happening is because um, I've had the same people with me. Kayla's been with me uh, for six years. She's our marketing manager. Ashley, our BDM, has been with us for four years. And it feels like a family, and they love working for us. And if I wanted to thwart growth, I would have to let go one of them, and that's not happening. So they are doing their job, and it's on automatic. They bring in about 20 to 25 doors a month, and our attrition is only 10 or 12. PMs get bonus on attrition, so um, they're watching their owners and 
whom they lose and all that. Um, I figured, mathematically speaking, it wasn't hard math, at about 1,700 doors, the attrition will equal um, the growth, and Ashley and Kayla can still stay with me if they want to. Right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so there is no pressure for growth uh, because... It's upside. It's gravy. Exactly. Mm. I have a very good lifestyle. I spend my summers in France. We own a house there. Uh, that was how the business started, in fact, is we wanted to return to France after a year's sabbatical that we spent there. And that's how Service Star started. And mm. uh, two years ago, we were able to buy a really nice house there. Mm. And it's kind of um, the conclusion. <laughs> mm. You know, I find that you get what you're aiming at. And I love that you're giving credit to the team. At the same time, there's a lot of folks that would love to work an hour a day, and they feel like that they can't. And what's interesting to me is what comes first, the intention to have the lifestyle, or do you earn it by doing all this <clears throat> hard work? And obviously, it's a little of both, but what would you say to somebody that says, well, good for you, but you know that's never going to happen for me. If you knew my business, my operation, my market, you would understand why I have to be constantly compelled in the business. How are you able to get that kind of freedom? That is very, very interesting points that you're bringing up. It tells me that uh, you're an intuitive and creative person um, because it all starts with intention mm. and it's never about effort. It comes from focused attention and uh, combined with intuition and at the beginning, 12 years ago when we started, I was about effort. And I learned that that's not what it takes. It takes, um, like I said, focused attention on what, what are the important parts. And not just, your, not just in your life, but in your business. So we can talk about the big picture on the small picture. It's applicable to both. And then the second part is when you find your focus, which is, of course, a fluid thing. It always changes, but you have to change with it. And then you have to also learn, I think it's equally important to relax about certain things. Hmm. People who just constantly think, 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 think. Grip. Yeah, that's the inspiration will not have room to mm -hmm. enter. Uh, when you feel that you have questions, questions, questions coming at you, you will not have enough time to find the answers. So, for example, in meetings, when you or when you're helping your owners or team members, whatever it is, the answer comes easily when it comes from focus, the right intention, relaxation. So... Mm. I would say everybody talks about implementation and all those things. My advice is to really narrow down that yellow pad when you get home and really only implement and implement well. That is very, very important. So, again, I can't say the word focused attention, the two words focused attention enough. Mm. So you must have room for inspiration, new ideas. Mm -hmm. And um, 
if you have inspiration without focused attention, it's gonna go nowhere. I feel that. You know, I think sometimes what I feel, I'm really enjoying this conversation, by the way. I think sometimes what I feel is some manicness pushing me on. It's like that that voice in the back of like more thoughts, more reading. In fact, I find my information diet to be very reflective of where I'm at. The times where I'm constantly reading, almost never without stimulation, headphones on, listening to an audiobook, etc. I'm doing something that looks like learning and it looks like productivity, but I think in many cases it's distraction mm-hmm. and avoidance from things that I I yeah. don't want to be with. Absolutely. Yeah. And there's you, a lot there. Yeah. No, you you need to get rid of distractions and it comes in different forms. Obviously, the most obvious is Facebook mm-hmm. and Doom television. Scrolling. Television. So I don't have Facebook. I don't do any social media. Um, I'm not interested in what other people are doing. In a sense, of course I am, but you know, don't take me wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but not on that level of what food they had for dinner and a picture of that. You mm-hmm. know. Um, And I haven't owned a television set for 15 years. I don't watch TV. More quietness. Quietness. I do meditate. And I enjoy centering myself. Hmm. And uh, I, I think everybody, everybody in life needs to meditate. And I'm not talking about some... Um, close your eyes. You know, no, no, no. But I do close my eyes. I, I wouldn't have to. Some people don't. But you know, <laughs> always be spacious mm-hmm. to be able to notice things around you. Mm. I think if I reflect for myself, it maybe is is wondering if there will be something for me with the quietness. Even when I talk about opening up my hand, softness. Mm-hmm. One of the fears that comes up for me is: Will I lose my edge? Will I lose my killer? instinct there's something that can be kind of concerning there and i think the answer is is no but i think for yes. a lot of folks there's just that question of like can i find the same level of meaning outside of work and it is a tall order and a tall challenge and it's in many cases terror for folks when they think about selling their business it goes back to separating what is important for, I'm going to use the word ego, but I'm not using it in a bad way, mm-hmm. like egotistic. That's mm-hmm. a, you know. Just like consciousness. Yeah. So there is your ego, which is a little bit of a separate entity inside you from the center of your being. That is a calm, calm center. And it is your ego that is interested in not losing the edge, mm-hmm. how I show up for others, mm-hmm. how I sh- how I show up for myself, you know. So that's um, again, it's different for every person, I think. But oh um, uh, yeah, so just try to think about that. <laughs> I I think about it all the time, and I try to become a better person, but not. In the sense of achievement, productivity, it, yes. Yeah, it's just to it. It, it is because I always wanna wanna do good for the team. I wanna uh, create a nice environment for others, um, my family, the team, and all that. Let's talk but, about yeah. that spaciousness okay. for okay. the team. 
and how the team experiences that spaciousness. You know, you're giving the team credit, and obviously, if you're working an hour a day, the rest of them are in the trenches, et cetera. What has the shift in your leadership style looked like over time? I probably didn't listen to the team that well at the beginning. It was more about that pushing and effort and the doors come in and just, you know, just, just really like a machine type of, you know. And now our meetings are more about uh, recognizing each other, what the team wants. We practice gratitude. We, we say thanks for each other. We notice each other's um, achievements and efforts. And um, I try to give more vacation time for them four weeks a year. Um, so they can step away and think for themselves. Um, I, I don't really word it this way for them, but I'm hoping that um, that they have a chance to uh, evaluate as much as I do. So, and it's also super important that your success, this is actually super important, and it ties in with what you do, and you're a super successful person. Because what, thank you. Because what you do, it lines up with other people's interest. So you got to line up your interest with other people's interest, and whether their interest is first or yours first, which, whichever. <laughs> sometimes this is first, sometimes yours is mm -hmm. first, but you got to align it because your success cannot be an an isolated success. You're not going to be successful if you're not lining up with other people's uh, goals and dreams. Mm. We talk a lot about alignment. The way I experience alignment is that it requires more disclosure on both sides than people are typically comfortable with. Alignment requires me to take the risk that we're not aligned, which is to say, I want to be really clear and open with you that this is where I'm heading. This is where I'm going to keep heading. If it doesn't work for you, no problem. I'm still heading in that direction. I want to know where you're aiming at because mm -hmm. I want that for you. I don't want you to do what I want, even if you don't want it. I want you to get what you want, me to get what I want. And when those things line up, that that openness and candor creates the highest degree of possibility that we can head in the right direction. And real, genuine, authentic alignment is very, very powerful. Yeah. But, but it does require risking having those conversations. Yeah, I don't always have the conversation, but I kind of jokingly always communicate openly in the team meetings that uh, we love every one of you, and uh, when you leave Service Star, it doesn't have to be a bad departure, mm -hmm. because I totally understand that if your path is going to the same way where Service Star's path is going and whether it's one year three years five years you're not gonna be on the same path forever and we're just happy to have you with us as long as the paths align so that's my approach mm. and i communicate that to them now how do you maintain a balance with performance and how do you handle underperformance uh very good with the underperformance <clears throat> i've had several people i should have let go sooner than than it happened and um, well, we have bonus and that's a no-brainer. A lot of company events, people love that. Oh, Dora's back from France. We're gonna have more company events and fun, you know. Uh, we have just a good, a good little community. Okay, so maybe the flip side of it is, what are you trying to attract with talent? 
or it's so overused, but. Um, Culture is just your way of being. It's just. Yes. So, yeah. Um, I really believe that when I hire somebody, they come They come to the family. For example, uh, one of our PMs left and left with very, very short notice. So my entire team was very disappointed. And a couple of years went by and she wanted to come back. And a couple of times I ignored her application. And then we were at the third hiring for a PM. And she wrote a very, very long letter. And so I, I take her seriously, not just, she first she just slipped in her application. <laughs> so then a long heartfelt letter, how much she would like to come back. And, uh, and I let the team make the decision. Mm. I let the team say, okay, well, let's just talk about it. This is a person that, that wants a chance. And um, so I'm just bringing it up, the kind of things that are important for me. Mm. And how has that worked out since then? Um, you know, Debbie's better than before. Got it. She's second appreciating. Run. Second run has been stronger. Yes, yes. she's <laughs> appreciating the second chance, and uh, she's appreciating the team better. Yes. And what about some of the tactical, lower level stuff in terms of mm -hmm. systems, processes, how you keep the business mm -hmm. running and stable while not being while not gripping? Um, well, that comes with being 12 years in the business, focusing again. So this, this focus also goes on to coming to the trade shows and not trying every, every vendor, every type of, mm -hmm. we're trying to stick with, uh, now less innovations, less outside softwares, um, just trying to stick with our property management software, our task management software and our showing software, uh, not to jump into this, not to jump fewer into systems, that. fewer systems, fewer systems, um, resolving more with um, VA labor or uh, local labor processes take constant tweaking. revision and tweaking. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So that's uh, never going to be stable. And who in the company right now oversees and administers process changes? Um, my GM, Christy. Hmm. How long has she been with you? Four or five years. Four. How large do you think a company needs to be to be able to afford and, and sustain a GM? Well, nowadays, it's much easier with virtual assistants. It depends on their books when they can afford one. So they have to sign up for profit coach <laughs> <laughs> and figure it out if they can't on their own. How big were you? How many doors were you at before it made made sense? It would have made sense at, but I didn't. Um, I think I had I had two trials before Christie. I would say eight hundred doors. I. That's I when you. And so what does that interact look like? How frequently do you check in with her? What are those conversations like? Uh, we check in once a week. It's a relaxed conversation. I ask her what's on her mind, and she tells me. And um, uh, she knows that I get reports on performance. Uh, we don't go over everything every time, mm -hmm. just the problems. And then we meet once a month over when she's done with her monthly reviews. Mm. 
Uh, she reviews the PMs, and it's centered around performance, KPIs, and bonus. <clears throat> and then we meet, and she tells me about it, mm. how everybody's doing, and then the concerns. Mm. So she's handling hiring and firing? Yes. Mm. So when you think about the early days and what it was like to get this thing off the ground, you, I, I heard you say is at 600 doors, you felt like you didn't have to keep chasing growth, but the growth kept happening, which is amazing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What did it look like to build up to that base of, of revenue? Between 100 and 200 doors, it was it was blowing up. It was In it a good was way crazy. or a bad way? <laughs> uh, almost a bad way. Too much growth too fast. So it was working uh, you know, 10, 12 hours a day, whatever it took, you know. Things were just coming at us like crazy. Where was that growth coming from? It was coming from a relationship with a whale. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, it was feeding us a lot of properties. Um, that relationship ended around 300 doors, 350. Uh, we let them go because uh, after a while, it just wasn't all ethical. So mm. we went and... Um, Luckily, I started building up our marketing and and uh, and Google presence before that. Mm -hmm. and, um, so it was a bit bit crazy. Uh, until about three hundred fifty doors, I was the only PM. I had two assistants, mm -hmm. and after that, I said I can't do it anymore. I don't remember it. The owners' names and tenants' names anymore. So mm. people called me and I didn't know if they were to look in the software. So I said, "Okay, we split the portfolios." So that's when we went um, to portfolio style and three managers. And then, you know, I figured it out early on how how I need to structure it and what I want. And I'm still with that same structure today. You, it's portfolio today. Yes. Got it. Okay. And is it like pure portfolio or is it, is it somewhat hybrid, like with some a subset of stuff? Department? Yeah, maintenance is hybrid. Got it. <clears throat> okay. Can you give us more detail on what the actual portfolio structure looks like? Uh, yeah. So basically, PMs are, are doing all communication with owners and tenants. Um, then we... Uh, we, poured, we poured leasing, uh, renewal, leasing was out. But that was the last thing we pulled from them, and I have one person, uh, a virtual assistant, doing that now. Uh, maintenance was with the PM, so it was true portfolio until we pulled maintenance out. The reason why, <clears throat> first we went to portfolio, true portfolio. A PM did everything, maintenance, turnovers, lease renewals, leasing, and it worked. Uh, but it was more expensive, and the reason for pulling things out, back out to departments, is because it's cheaper uh, when you give it to virtual assistants. And I don't want to train virtual assistants to... Um, I may try pod. Everybody's talking about pod. One of my gals, one of my PMs, wants to try a pod because she's coming from pod, so I may experience just with one PM can have a pod. Okay, we'll see how that goes. But uh, it's harder to train. So again, scalability is big. Time to train. If the virtual assistants do just one thing, like maintenance or renewals, it's easier to train, easier to hire. Mm. 
So the reason for going to hybrid is to to save company. And how long have you been working with Global Talent for? Planet Synergy, so so global teams, ever since we've had 200 doors. So oh, early on. Yeah, 10 years. Love. Love it. <laughs> well, a shout out to Planet shout out Synergy. Shout out to Anu. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, Anu's name comes up from time to time. What do you love? About Anu? Mm-hmm. And working with Planet Synergy. Yes, they do a better job than any of us in the US, to sum it up. No mistakes. Perfect work. Everything done overnight. Never a mistake. I mean, never a mistake. They sometimes remind our team, oh, we noticed this. Are you sure you want to do it this way? <laughs> Type of thing. And uh, and when we have extra, uh, many times we have extra tasks like, oh, God, you know what? I don't want to do this. I'm just going to ask Anu's team to do this for me overnight. And it's there when I wake up in the morning. It's what, amazing. What's the scope of what they handle for you? What are they touching? Everything that can be done in the software. Everything that can be done in the property management software. Anything from processing our leases, processing our lease renewals, creating violations, uh, doing almost everything in, in collections, sending letters, sending pay or quit notices. They pull about 30 reports a week for us, um, pulling our management fees and obviously bill pay in assessing our invoices. Anu at the onset gave me a list <clears throat> when I knew already that I was working with her. She gave me a three-page document that oh, we can do this. So that year I spent on giving them to do almost all of that that was mm. on the list. Mm. And, um, and that was one thing. That was huge savings. Um, and uh, the second step was about four or five years ago when we went to um, those type of virtual assistants that are only work for you and they mm-hmm. they part of the team. So I think the logical follow-up question is, what's the case for stateside property managers then? We need licensed property managers. So licensure is a... Uh, yes, that's a... <laughs> in Arizona, you need a license. And uh, uh, people who are not residents of Arizona cannot get licensed. So virtual assistants cannot get licensed. If that wasn't a requirement, think you would try it? Having, yeah. mm. I have a couple of VAs that I would license, and they would be property managers. They, they are so good. I love that perspective. About half my team is not based in the U.S., and there is zero. That distinction means nothing to me. Yeah. They're a, they're a part of the team, and the fact that they're Absolutely. located somewhere else. Absolutely. Yeah, it's one. There's there's not like the A team and the B team. It's just oh, it's no. one mm-hmm. cohesive team. In light of that, how do you keep folks feeling fully engaged though? Because I don't do an office. I'm everybody's remote, including my stateside folks. How do you allow folks to feel fully embedded? I'm not the best at that yet. Mm. I'm I'm working. Growing on edge, it. figuring it out. I think. Uh, where where it is now, they love working for us, and what they feel is that my my respect and the team's respect and that that equality they feel that. But as far as um, 
you know, they miss out on our group events, um, mm. those type of things. We send them to meet each other and paid for their, uh, a dinner and a couple of things in the Philippines. They're all in the Philippines, and mm. luckily they're all close to Manila. So mm. uh, <clears throat> I'm working on that. Do they work your time zone? Uh, a couple of them don't. The rest, yes. Mm. And how many folks do you have based in the Philippines, roughly? Nine. Nine. Okay. So in terms of where the business is headed right now, it's stable. Yeah. It's still growing. Yeah. How does that inform how you think about and relate to the proposition of exiting the business someday? I'm not in a hurry. <laughs> Makes sense. I'm not in a hurry. Uh, if I have to, um, I tend to focus on the now instead of worrying about the future and what happens. I'm helping my son now to get his business up. Um, he's not taking over hours, but he wants to start his property management business. So that's fun for me to do now, and mm -hmm. that's what I'm focusing on. Uh, David and I, my partner, we talked about it. If some terrible thing happens to one of us, maybe, you know, right now, mm -hmm. no. So outside of some terrible event, you feel like you have a lot of stability, a lot of yes. optionality, yeah. and there's not a lot of pressure. That's right. I love hearing that. That's fantastic. That's how it should be, where you're calling your own shots. Yeah. Maybe you do, maybe you don't, but yeah. it's up to you, and there's not some sense yeah. of pressure. Yeah, there's no burnout. There's no, mm. there's no rush to do anything differently than what I'm doing. Actually, you talked about you asked about what Christy and I talk about at the meetings, and Christy is, um, well, it's it's her job to notice problems. I always try to tell her to not to focus on the problems because, you know, I mentioned that that attention uh, that releases certain energy. So you put attention to problems always, then it's gonna create more problems. I think, uh, kind of projection um, so um, so we try to focus on the positive that's super important positive focus and Christy sometimes you know oh Dora we gotta do this we gotta change this year let's go to pods let's get a new manager a maintenance <laughs> and it's always like <sighs> breathe out Nothing's urgent. Mm. We don't have to change anything right away. Mm. Let's have this conversation weeks from now. You may feel different. Um, so I'm I'm trying to approach everything from mm -hmm. that uh, from that uh, calm mm. perspective and no rush and you know. <laughs> yeah, I I have capacity for that. It's not my natural disposition. It takes effort. I think about the metaphor of business owners both being the firefighter and the arsonist, oh, right? Gosh. Yeah. We're on both sides of that equation. You use the word projection, which is very interesting to me. That's something that I interact with a lot and I think about it frequently with my team. The way I would describe projection is I'm focused on things that I don't want to happen. And by virtue of the fact that I'm focused on these things not happening, I'm actually facilitating them happening. Absolutely. It's very difficult to really fully wrap the mind around that, but I see it coming up over and over and over again. So if you're listening to this right now at home, all I can tell you is that from my experience, this has come up 
repeatedly. The thing I don't want to have happen, there's some avoidance with. I'm, 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 I'm not looking at it. I've had the experience a couple of times of driving, being in my car. This is a really weird reaction. But let's say I'm, I'm coming onto the road and there's a, there's a car coming at me and I'm, cons I'm concerned. And rather than looking at it, like I'm looking away as if me looking away from it somehow is going to decrease the probability of me getting hit. And it isn't. But frequently the things that we're trying to not have happen, we have resistance towards looking at. And it's my unwillingness to look at it that makes it more likely to happen. That's how I experience the idea of projection. How about you? Uh, my opinion, whether you're, whatever you're looking at, any matter if you're looking at it positively or negatively, you look so you are projecting it. So, that you give anything positive or negative is gonna facilitate it. So it is very important where you place your attention. So saying, gosh, I don't want this to happen. I don't want this to happen. Mm -hmm. I don't want to happen. Mm -hmm. You are making it happen. And you say, I want this to happen. I want this to happen. I want this to happen. You are making it happen. So the secret is to figure out what you're going to focus on. So you want to focus on whatever you want to happen. You don't want to ask for something not to happen. Mm. So you don't want to say, um, I don't want to lose money here. I don't want to lose money here. I don't want this to cost me a lot of money. We, no, we're talking about business. I very seldom focus on that, but I am doing mm -hmm. this with a lot of personal things mm -hmm. in my life. Mm -hmm. Instead, I figure out what the end goal I want to focus on, and I never do the negative focus, you know, on things that are that I don't want. Even if you say, I don't want this, your subconscious mind is not able to differentiate between whether you're thinking about something positively or negatively, your subconscious mind is not able to decipher that that's something that you don't want. All that it is, it's in your sphere. It's in your energy. It's in your mind. So you are attracting attention to it. And actually, the car thing may work for you to look away. <laughs> I'm serious. I don't know. I, I don't feel that way. I think my, I think my sense is that... The thing that you're unwilling to look at is what will defeat you. So there's a way of orienting. <clears throat> I, I, you, you mentioned business, but let's go with something personal yep. in a relationship. Okay. Um, a dialogue like, I don't want to get divorced. Okay. I want to stay together. I don't want to get divorced. I don't. Are, are you going to divorce me? Are we getting divorced? Are we getting divorced? Then you're going to get divorced. <laughs> well, I wasn't thinking about it, but now that you're fixated on it, I'm wondering, like, maybe, yes. should we, mm -hmm. et cetera? Uh-huh. And that so there it's an orientation. It, it looks like I'm giving it my attention and I am, but I'm not willing to give my attention to the specific thing that I'm having resistance towards, which is which is to say there's there's an aspect of the conversation or the nature of our relationship that I can't confront. Like there's a piece of it that I'm terrified by. And so while I don't want the global outcome to happen, I don't quite have the courage to press into the thing that is scariest. And you don't about have it. to, in my opinion. Okay. You don't have to. You gotta figure out your job is to figure out what you want in life. The world is here to show us what we don't want. 
you see things on TV, you see things terrible happening on the street, whether it's your marriage, on the street, on television, on global warming, whatever. You mm -hmm. turn on the TV and it's all, right? Mm -hmm. And it's the same in your relationship. So the world is here to show you what you don't want. It's your job to figure out what you do want. Amen. So once you figure out what you do want, you just focus on that. So forget focusing on this problem that is bugging you here. Forget the problem. You find your focus. You find what you're going to do for your wife, and you're going to just focus on the good moments. You keep thinking how you felt when you fell in love with her and the first date and marrying her, and you just feel that feeling inside you, and then you watch that everything else will start going towards that. That's it. Secret. There's a beautiful dichotomy here. And for me, most of the goodness in life is a dichotomy, something that almost seems like it doesn't quite make sense. So my takeaway here is focusing on what I do want, yes. not what I don't want to have happen. I deeply believe in that. At the same time, when I run into obstacles and when I feel resistance, facing that and looking at the thing that I'm having resistance towards, I experience resistance all the time. Every day, I experience moments of resistance. A, a random example for me, being in my email inbox, I'm going through my email inbox and I'll be like, bang, 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 stop. <clears throat> look away, look away, don't wanna deal with that one. Yeah. That email requires me to have a conversation where I need to tell somebody something I'm having some resistance. That's the stuff that I have to look at and what's helpful for me, the relationship between this, this duality that I'm describing is, if I'm focused enough on what I want, mm -hmm. what I'm really committed to, mm -hmm. I will have the will mm -hmm. to get over these speed bumps along the way. But if I'm, if I'm not really sure, if I'm mm -hmm. kind of going through the motions and I lack the conviction on what I really yeah. want, then I'll cave. Then I'll go to the ease of just like avoiding conflict. I can, you know, I understand that sometimes you have to go there, but you can also take a second take on these conflicts. You can look at it as a sign, as a stop sign, or as a turn sign, you know, no right turn, only left turn. Um, so that's not, that's not where you should go. Mm. At the beginning of our conversation, I said, you need focused attention and also intention. And intention is um, intuition, creativity. So you got to listen to your intuitions. Mm -hmm. And when you really have bad feeling in your stomach, like butterflies, like you don't want to make that call or you don't want to go there or, well, then don't. That's not your path. Dread. Yeah. I mean, dread dread <laughs> yes. is, is the way I relate to it. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot of tension here. This stuff is all very delicate. But what I'm taking away from you saying there is that there's actually a real gift in the signal and in the resistance. Yeah. It could be telling you that this is not something that you should be doing on a repeated basis. And that's, yeah, that's tough because you don't know, is it an obstacle that I, is it, um, the price I need to pay to stay on the path that I want to be on? Is it an obstacle that I need to get over in order to get mm -hmm. where I want to go? Or am I being told that this is, yeah, this is, uh, this ain't it. This ain't you it said, for me. Yeah, yeah. And this is difficult. It's very difficult to, to delineate yeah. between the two. Yeah. So that's when, you know, that's when it helps. 
when you step back and you sit 10 minutes, you sit in the moment, like I mentioned earlier in the conversation, you center yourself, you find yourself, find your center, and you kind of ask yourself that question. Hmm. I'm reflecting right now, thinking about how to delineate between the two. It's not easy. No. It's not easy. And sometimes it takes uh, more than one sign. So sometimes, um, sometimes, you know, I, I am going in that same direction and I'm not listening to, I'm not reading it correctly, right? So, you know, it takes a, a, a couple more slaps from life because then you're going to get a second message and it's, it's even a yuckier feeling, you know? Mm-hmm. And then even more resistance and then a third one and it's like, you're mm, like, mm, okay, I'm mm. not doing this anymore. So if you are on the wrong path, I think life gives you several chances to turn around. So you're going to keep getting messages that that's not your mm. that's not your path. So it's not like... So overcoming an obstacle, even if you overcome it at the first time, okay, but if you're getting the same type of obstacles all the time, it's kind of time to turn around and go in a different direction, mm. I believe. You know, that's not your path. I'm really working on practicing more neutrality and more curiosity. Mm. And it's a real growing edge for me, but it's something I'm getting so much out of. And even as I even as I say that, I think what, what I'm being reminded of, that's less a an idea, like neutrality, curiosity, you could read that in a, in a book. For me, it's less an idea and it's more just like an ongoing practice. And oh, the yeah. more I practice it, the better I get. But it is a practice. Like oh, there's yeah. some, there, you know, I kind of have to like hold the pose and I can get fatigued and exhausted, mm-hmm. but I keep getting so much out of having less attachment. I think of stress as being not these things happened and that's why I feel this way. Stress for me is wanting things to be differently than they are. It's having an attachment that I needed things to go differently. You know what it is. You know exactly. That's what stress is. Stress is when you're going not exactly on the right path. So there's a there's a stress. So stress could be an indicator for you to kind of. But I think overall, I mean, you've you've done fantastic. Your your in your your intuition, helping other people. I'm helping the property management industry coming up with awesome things lead simple profit coach i don't even know all your endeavors but i mean oh rent scale you know i could just go on we love all these things that that you come up with so there's definitely you're intuitive you're creative oh, you boy. have focused you're attention too much. You're no too much. no i'm oh, serious you. i, I mean you're that. you're 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 there i received that yes. thank you yeah absolutely. pressing through staying with it the more as time has gone on i've just realized staying with it, getting clear on what really matters to me. I have done a number of things. Um, What I'm getting more out of this season of my life as I Mm -hmm. transition from my 30s into my 40s, I'm getting more out of focusing on the relationship that I have with my team. Yeah, you go. The leadership, our Mm -hmm. mission. Our mission as an organization is to help people become and achieve more than they thought possible. And that is some, that gives me something that, ha- that is way bigger than software and money. It's yeah. just yeah. how to be with people. And yeah. really what I want to do in life is be with people, yeah. presence myself, connect with yeah. other human beings. I think that's what everybody wants, Dora. Absolutely. It is all about connections with others because we're all connected anyhow, right? So it's 
when you realize that, then you start developing that that gratitude, giving back to the team or whatever it is. So I think that's that's what you're saying. That's what I feel, is. Mm-hmm. and that's what I feel. Mm-hmm. What I want to what what I want to do is more more gratitude mm-hmm. to whoever comes onto that path and travels for however long of a time frame. But yeah. Mm. Can you tell me one story of growth in a team member that was really satisfying and rewarding for you to be able to witness? Um, Kayla. Um, Kayla started with us. Michelle uh, was my accountant lady, awesome lady. Miss her. Um, Changed her life, moved to South Dakota and, you know, totally retired type of thing. But so Kayla came in um, to uh, be a temp at the front desk, never worked before, never had a job, just a stay-home mom, and lived with Michelle at the time because she didn't even have her own place. So she's like, yeah, sure, you know, we lost the receptionist. Okay, about for a couple of weeks. And that was six years ago. And now she is my, my marketing director. Mm. She went from front desk to um, my executive assistant because she was just so valuable that once we had a front desk person after three or four months, uh, when she started there, I wasn't in a hurry to find one. So then my executive assistant, and then then she's, she, I, I, I taught her all the marketing that I knew because I didn't have time to do it anymore. And she just took it to um, a next level. She started doing, uh, working together with four and a half and creating blogs and learned SEO and uh, doing that. And now now she has three people underneath her. Mm. She has a, a, a marketing assistant uh, who does postings, et cetera. Then she has, uh, our BDM is underneath her. She is responsible for the growth of our company mm. single-handedly. And mm. then she also has another um, a BDM, like a call answer type of girl underneath her, but but there she is, and um, I keep asking her if she wants to be a manager, and she says no, but she is one. So <laughs> mm-hmm. she she's says she has of, three people reporting to her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if I don't call it that, she's willing. She loves to learn more and willing to. As long as it's not overly formal. Yeah, okay. yeah, exactly. So you know how you know there's like a cliche going around here uh, that uh, if you had one employee and can multiply her many times, who that would that would be Kayla. Mm. So I want ten Kaylas because <laughs> mm. she's super smart and uh, grateful and uh, organized and. Learning to be more outgoing and seeing herself differently. So mm. it's just wonderful for me to see that growth. Mm. And um, I think she'll be my general manager one day. I don't know when. Maybe I don't know how long it's going to take, but I think she's going to be it. Mm. Not yet, not yet. She's still coming up. <laughs> yes. What's yeah. the most rewarding part of the business for me to see people knowing that that, that growth, they keep, it's theirs. Yes. Someday they'll leave and they'll be somewhere else yeah. and we'll go with them. Yeah. And boy, is that exciting. Yes, you know, absolutely. It really is for them. Absolutely, yeah. I really appreciate you coming on. This is yes, a lovely conversation. Yes. Thank you for 
sharing what you've experienced with the rest of the community here. Yeah. Thanks, Thank Jordan. Until next it. time. Thank you. That's it for this episode. Hope you enjoyed it. You can check out other episodes along the way. If you're watching this on YouTube, appreciate to subscribe. Any comments, I'm always here to engage. If you're listening on an audio platform, would really appreciate a review. It's a great way to help other people find out about the show.